Welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Well, Cork Church, Happy New Year. It's nice to see you. Amen. The first Sunday of the new year. And it right, Pastor Nick, thanks for letting me talk to everybody. Uh, it's, a bit, it's a big gig, the first sermon of the new year. Uh, but we're here, aren't we? God, God brought us through. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Let's pray. And then we're going to get into the Word of God this morning. Are you ready? Ooh, let me try that again. Are you ready? All righty. Okay, let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your Word. Lord, there's really nothing else that can... Break the yokes, Lord, the bonds, Lord, break the bars, Lord, the things that hold us in this life. God, it's, it's only your word that can achieve that freedom, that liberty, Lord, that uh, you died to give us. And I just pray today, oh God, as we open up your word, you would do something powerful in our lives. Lord, we are unable, Lord, to change circumstances, but nothing is too hard for you. My prayer today, Lord, is that we see you clearly, Jesus, as we move toward a new year. Lord, as we already are in a new year, I pray, Lord, that you would restore hope and give us confidence. Give your people confidence to move forward. I pray in the name of Jesus. Use me, Lord, in my frailty. Use me in my weakness. Lord, I pray today. Lord, as we open your word, I pray that you would open hearts and transform. Lord, transform. Only you have the power. Jesus, we look to you this morning and we bless your wonderful name. Amen and amen and amen. Bless the Lord. Folks, uh, today I want to talk to you about hope for 2024. That's the name of the message. That's the title, Hope for 2024. Uh, Again, I wasn't sure what title to pick, So one was hope for 2024. The other was, I didn't see that coming. And again, I think we'll let Jess decide which one she wants to use. Nonetheless, would you please turn with me to Isaiah chapter 45 this morning. Isaiah chapter 45. And as you turn there, I'd like to give you a little bit of context. Uh, It's an amazing passage of scripture. Isaiah carries on the prophecy that he begins in the previous chapter concerning a Persian king called Cyrus. It's remarkable. In it, God announces by name the deliverer of his people from the coming Babylonian captivity. And he does it 200 years before the man himself is born. If you ever needed evidence that the Bible is a supernatural book, folks, this is it. 200 years before the man Cyrus would be born, the Persian king who would deliver the inhabitants of Judah from the coming Babylonian um, exile, here it is. God calls this man out by name uh, 200 years before the fact. Folks, the Bible is amazing. Amen. Not just a book. It's prophetic. It's powerful. Uh, Know what's in your hand this morning. Know what you're about to read from. There's power in the Word of God. Amen. Let's do it. Let's read uh, Isaiah 45. I'm going to read the first 13 verses. 
this, thus says the Lord who is anointed to Cyrus, whose right hand I have grasped sub, to subdue nations before him, to loose the belts of kings, to open doors before him, that gates may not be closed. I will go before you and level the exalted places. I will break in pieces the doors of bronze and cut through the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hordes in secret places that you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who call you by your name. For the sake of my servant Jacob and Israel, my chosen, I call you by name. I name you though you do not know me. I am the Lord and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. I equip you though you do not know me that people may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other. I form light I, and I create darkness. I make well-being and calamity. I am the Lord who does these things. Shower, O heavens, from above and let clouds rain down righteousness. Let the earth open that salvation and righteousness may bear fruits. Let the earth cause them both to sprout. I, the Lord, have created it. Woe to him who strives with him who formed him. A pot among earthen pots. Does the clay say to him who formed it, what are you making? Or your work has no handles. Woe to him who says to a father, what are you begetting? Or to a woman, with what are you in labor? Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, and the one uh, to the one whom uh, and the one who formed him, ask me of the things to come, and you will command me concerning my children and the work of my hands. I made the earth and created man on it. It was my hands that stretched out the heavens, and I commanded all their host. I have stirred him up in righteousness, and I will make all his ways level. He shall build my city and set my exiles free, not for price or reward, says the Lord of hosts. Amen and amen this morning. What a powerful reading. You know, I want you to consider at the time uh, that uh, many, I suppose, you know, I want you to consider this, folks. The children of Israel were to go into Babylon and be in exile for 70 years. Uh, in exile by, beyond the gates of Babylon, trapped behind the Ishtar gates. And there they were for 70 years. They were powerless. They were devoid of hope. In Psalm 137, they asked the question, how can we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? And although the Jews suffered greatly and faced powerful cultural pressures in a foreign land, somehow they managed to maintain their national spirit and religious identity. But the question burned for 70 years for the children, the inhabitants of Judah. Is this going to change? Are things going to be different? 70 years is a long time to face the same problem. 70 years is a long time to stay locked behind gates that don't ever seem like they're going to open. Yet God in his mercy in this passage declares through Isaiah, not, that there, not just that there would be an end to this exile, but that it would be through a Persian king named Cyrus. And I want us to consider this morning for the people of God, that's you and me, another year means another year in exile. For you and I, 
It's another year of trial and tribulation, isn't it? It's another year of worldly struggles in this life. It's another year in a foreign land. It's another year as a stranger, as a sojourner. For many of us, it's another round in the good fight of faith. Looking past the seen realm to the unseen, to a city with foundations whose builder and architect is God. It's another year of looking beyond what we can see to what we can't see, to a heavenly Jerusalem. Another year in exile also means, by the grace of God, another year closer to glory. Amen. Amen. Nonetheless, there can be attrition. There can be a wearing away at your faith. It's the nature of exile. Wearing away. And if we're honest, we can face another year with lower expectations of God. But like the inhabitants of Judah, there will be an end to the exile of the people of God. There is a declaration here in this passage that God would bring an end to exile when he raises up a deliverer. Hallelujah. When he raises up one, an anointed one. Cyrus would physically liberate the Jews. And folks, for you and I, Jesus Christ, God's anointed one, has liberated us spiritually from the powers of Babylon. Hallelujah this morning. It's another year in exile. It's another year, 2023, rolls to 2024. But God has declared that there will be an end to exile. God has raised up his Cyrus, his anointed you know, many of us are facing a new year and maybe you're, you've uh, already decided on your New Year's resolution. Have you? Are you one of those people? Have you joined your gym yet? Your gym membership? I got a gym membership gifted to me in October. The gym was empty. No one joins the gym in October. But I went to the gym on the 27th of December and it was like Grand Central Station my favorite CrossFit machine in the corner of the gym was occupied. I was furious, but I was consoled. Whoever that person was, I knew that by Valentine's Day, they would have given up on their new resolution and I would get my cross-training machine back. But you know, folks, something struck me. It's better to begin the new year embracing the potential hope of change than it is to begin pessimistic. I'd rather be somebody who tries to embrace the hope of a new year and the potential for change than somebody who begins a new year pessimistic, wondering if things will ever change, resigning yourself to another year of the same issues, the same problems. I'd rather begin embracing hope. Will 2024 be better or will it be more of the same? Some situations don't look like they'll change anytime soon, if we're honest. But folks, let me say this to you this morning. Hope does not lie in the renewal of the year, but in the renewal of your faith. We need confidence to face the uncertainties that lie ahead and the grace to continue to bear with what God has chosen to leave in our lives. That's the truth. It is possible to face a new year with the same problems, yet with a renewed hope 
in the same God. Amen. Your, new, your problems may not have changed, but neither has your God. Amen. Neither has your God. This uh, morning, I want to look at three things to inspire your confidence. Three things. The first is this, and it's in the text here. I believe this morning God wants to renew your confidence in his Savior. Then I believe God wants to renew your confidence in his sovereignty. And then finally, I believe that God wants to renew your confidence in surrender. Your surrender to his plan for your lives. Amen. In 2024, God wants you to enter in with confidence. So the first thing I want to say to you this morning is that you are to begin. God would have us begin 2024 confident in his Savior. Because 2024, and I declare it this morning, is the year of rescue. Amen. It's the year of rescue. Verse 1, God, uh, Isaiah through God says this, or God through Isaiah says this, Cyrus, the Lord's chosen one. It's an interesting term. It's an interesting thing to call a Persian king. It says, this is what the Lord says to Cyrus, his anointed one, whose right hand he will empower. What an amazing thing. We're going to dive into it here. But like I've just said, you don't leave last year's problems in last year. They follow you. And I want to talk to you today. I want to say something to you. You will begin this year. We need to begin this year recognizing our need for rescue. Jeremiah 50 verse 33 verse 34 says this. This is what the Lord Almighty says. The people of Israel are oppressed and the people of Judah as well. All their captors hold them fast, refusing to let them go. Yet their Redeemer is strong. The Lord Almighty is his name. He will vigorously defend their cause so that he may bring to rest their land, but unrest to those who live in the people of Babylon. What obstacles are you facing this year? What obstacles are you facing? People are going to begin this year placing their confidence somewhere, in something, to fix their issues. Another pill for my depression, another drink for my pain, some new strategy, some new system, some new political party, something for the economy, for the housing a crisis, something for my wayward son, something for my backslidden daughter. Let me make a prediction this morning. It will all end in tears, dashed hopes, dreams unfulfilled, because expectation in the wrong things is the mother of frustration. So many people will begin this year gripped by something that will not let them go. And all the world can tell us to do is keep our expectations low, that that is the key to happiness. Even the world can see that there is futility in all the things that they turn to for solutions in the face of their problems. Yet there is one who can shoulder the weight of their expectations. I said there is one who can shoulder the weight of your expectations, of your hopes this year. God has called forth his anointed one. Hallelujah this morning. Folks, Cyrus was a type of Christ. 
He was called in righteousness and taken by the hand. Look at Isaiah 42 verse 6. God used the exact same terminology to talk about his servant, the faithful one, Jesus, who was called in righteousness and taken by the right hand, whose task was to proclaim liberty to the captives. Cyrus was not a son of David, so he was not the Messiah, the anointed one, promised in Isaiah earlier on in chapter 9. Still Isaiah uses the term of Messiah for Cyrus with a small m. He's revealed to be God's anointed, and this is appropriate, writes John Calvin, because God's design was to call Cyrus his anointed, not as a perpetual title, but because he discharged for a time the office of Redeemer. He's a picture of Christ, folks. He's a picture of what God would do. God ordained a time, a season where exile would end where his people would no longer have to live under the powers of Babylon, trapped by, by the powers of the age. God anointed a time, an age, a gospel age, where men and women could walk in freedom and expect rescue from the things that held them. Folks, only Jesus Christ has the power to overcome what has overcome you. Hallelujah. This year, God has told you where overcoming power lies. Amen. Don't spend the year turning to Christless solutions that have no power. God has told you that he will go before his anointed one. Hallelujah. The power is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Romans 1.16 tells us, Paul writes, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for in it lies a power from God from first to last, faith to faith, unto salvation. The power is in the gospel. It's not in government. It's not in celebrity. It's not in money. It's not in another drink. It's not in another pill. It's in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He will go before his anointed. What is crooked, he will make straight. What held you in, what has trapped you, he will break apart. He will rescue you and give you back what's yours. Look at the decree in Ezra 1-2. It was Cyrus who decreed that the children of Israel should take the treasures of Babylon and use them to rebuild the temple. So what was taken and what was put in Babylon's storehouses from Jerusalem, God took back through his anointed one and gave to his children that they could rebuild the temple again. God can give you back what you have lost in Babylon. Can I hear an amen this morning? Verse 2, he promises to his anointed one, I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. Glory to God this morning. I will break in pieces the gates of brass, the Ishtar gates, 15 feet high, massive gates that remained locked, that were impenetrable. It's amazing. Read Daniel chapter 5. Persia took Babylon in a night. Glory to God. They diverted the main river flowing through Babylon and walked through the low, the low riverbed and marched in. And while they feasted in Babylon, while the enemy thought he had a victory, God struck the killing blow. 
It's nothing. God, I, I, he says in Isaiah 52, I will go before you, Cyrus, and level the mountains. I will smash down the gates of bronze and cut through the bars of iron. And I will give you treasures hidden in the darkness, secret riches. I will do this so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who calls you by name. Folks, there is only one before whom the mountains tremble. The bars break and the gates swing open. Hallelujah this morning. Revelation 1.18 says this, I am the living one. Jesus says this to John the Revelator, I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever and I hold the keys of death and the grave. Hallelujah. There's only one who can open the gates, open the doors. Zechariah 4.7, what are you mighty mountain before Zerubbabel? You will become level ground. Then he will bring out the capstones to shouts of God bless it, God bless it, or grace to it, grace to it. No mountain will keep heaven Zerubbabel from his great design. Jesus Christ will fulfill his purposes for your life. He will build the temple of your life. Hallelujah. Folks, the scriptures say, God says here, I will go before you, Cyrus. I, can I put it to you? Are we looking at our obstacles the wrong way? What if our obstacles aren't there to keep us in, but to keep him out? Let me tell you this morning, nothing will stand in his way on his divine rescue mission. No mountain, no gate, no bar. God will destroy anything keeping Cyrus from his treasures in the darkness. And folks, that's you and me. Listen to Isaiah 61 verses 1 and 2. The spirit of the sovereign God is on me. Jesus speaking of his own ministry. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to and to proclaim freedom to the captives and to release from darkness the prisoners. Hallelujah. That's you and me this morning. That's the ministry of Christ this morning. The ministry of heaven, Cyrus, to us. The grace of the gospel will find you this year. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what barriers you think keep you locked up, that you think keep God's grace out from touching your life. Listen to Psalm 107, verse 10. Some sit in darkness and in the shadow of death prisoners in affliction and in irons, for they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their hearts down with hard labor, and they fell down with none to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart." Hallelujah. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. Verse 16, for he shatters the doors of bronze and cuts to pieces the bars of iron. Hallelujah this morning. Glory to God this morning. Hallelujah. There is a love that no obstacle can keep out of your life. There is a redeeming love. And why? The text says, for the sake of his children. He does it for your sake. He has raised up his anointed one, Jesus, for your sake. He has brought about this salvation for you and for me. What obstacle can stand before Jesus Christ in your life? 
what obstacle can keep him from you? What can keep him from touching you, finding you, rescuing you, bringing you out of whatever darkness you have found yourself in? This year, God wants you to remember where true power lies. Don't spend another year putting your hopes and expectations in anything other than the gospel. The power to deliver is in God's anointed one, so don't lose hope. The grace of God is towards you to rescue you, to redeem you, to recover what you've lost, and nothing can stand against that love. Jesus will have the victory. Rescue comes only one way. Have a confidence this morning in God's Savior. Amen. Put your hope in his gospel. Put your hope in his gospel. The second thing facing 2024 is that you are to have a confidence in his sovereignty. Amen. Because it is the year of the open heaven. 2024 is the year of rescue and it's the year of the open heaven. It says here in verse 6, I am the Lord and there is no other. I create light and make darkness. I send good times and bad times. I, the Lord, am one who does these things. Open up, O heavens, and pour out your righteousness. Let the earth open wide so salvation and righteousness can sprout together. I, the Lord, have created them. The text says, God says, I send good times and bad times. Why are we still alarmed when bad times come around? Why? Why? It's interesting. The Babylonians worshipped dualistic gods of light and dark. They believed one brought the light, one brought the good, and one brought the dark, one brought the evil. Yet here God declares that he's sovereign over both, that it all serves his greater purpose. So expect good and bad this year. But this year God wants you to have a confidence in the face of circumstances. Some of us have obstacles we're facing. For others, it's the unforeseen circumstances that lie ahead. We know good will come. We know bad will come. But we also know that in all things, God is at work for, good, for the good in the lives of those he loves and whom he's called according to his purposes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God wants you to have a confidence. Many, yet many go into 2024 prisoners of circumstance. Tossed about by every headline, every report, up one day, down the other, riding high in April, shot down in May, thrown by this social media article or that headline. Yet God would work a victory or a salvation through his anointed one in the gospel. In the gospel that would ensure two things for all of us, for every child of God facing un foreseen circumstances. The first one is this. God tells the children of Israel, tells through Cyrus to them, all circumstances serve my ultimate purpose. I send good times and I send bad times. If it's in your life, it's because it serves my purposes. We serve a sovereign God. It's not about how it looks. We have to begin to divorce ourselves from the nature of circumstances and stop judging whether or not he is in it based on whether or not it's good 
or comfortable for us in the moment. We have to begin to learn to trust the hands behind it all. Amen. Don't spend another year a prisoner of circumstances. Your circumstances don't speak for God. You see, because God wastes nothing. He wastes nothing. Even the calamities, even the evils in your life bend the knee to his purposes. Glory to God. They will work for the good. Grace is at work in everything. I said grace is at work in everything. Leavening the whole lump. The gospel of this kingdom. The crosses and the comforts. The blessings and the burdens. God says to us this morning, I'm behind it all. I'm in it all. And it all serves my ultimate ends. Whatever it is, remember it's not happening to you. It's happening for you. This is what excites me this morning. The second thing that God tells us in every circumstance, the heavens are open to you and rest is yours. Oh, open up you heavens. You are under an open heaven regardless of what circumstances meet you in 2024. What is an open heaven? When the heavens are open, we have free access to everything in heavenly realms. A free flowing of God's abundant graces and ministry power because of his anointed one. Hallelujah this morning. A victory, a constant in all circumstances. Believer, the heavens are open to you this morning. Righteousness, the text says, drips down, rains down. One way, folks, it rains down. The favor of God, the fruit of his salvation because of his anointed one, because of Jesus. Hallelujah, because of his obedience, because of what he has achieved for us. Do you know what a heaven, open heaven means? Believer, for you and me this morning, it means we have access before God, access to Him, which means our petitions are heard this morning. Two, it means we get a down payment of what we will receive ultimately in eternity. We get His presence, so petition and presence. Three, an open heaven means we experience the kingdom of God, its power and its peace. And for an open heaven means we are there right now. We have a position. We have a divine position. Believer, listen to me this morning. An open heaven is a powerful thing and it's an unchanging reality. He's done it. He's opened the skies for us. We could never do it. We could never ascend up and bring down all that heaven had for us. One had to do it on our behalf. And not just that, the text says that the earth opens wide. So not only is there an open heaven, but the curse upon the earth has been broken. Hallelujah. Men need no longer work to draw down from heaven or produce by the work of their hands righteousness and salvation. Rather, it falls like rain on those who have put their faith in the gospel. God created them. This is his work. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord this morning. What is my inheritance in 2024? In every circumstance, I have an expectation that stretches to the heavens. 
Hallelujah. And a rest that quiets the soul in every circumstance. That is my right. That is my, the power I have walking into every circumstance. Do you think God has left you this morning without a reason to give thanks in every circumstance? He hasn't, folks. The heavens are open and there is a rest for the believer this morning. Hallelujah. Psalm 85 verse 11 puts it this way. Righteousness smiles down from heaven. Hallelujah this morning. Praise the Lord. This is your inheritance in and through every circumstance. A open heaven and rest from striving and work. This year bring an umbrella and a bucket. Amen. Hallelujah. The favor of, great, of God and grace is raining down from on high. And it's always given, believer, it's never earned. All to bring salvation and righteousness through each and every circumstance. Can we give the Lord glory this morning for the power of his gospel? So for the believer, there's a prayer we need to pray. Oh God, quicken, this is A.W. Tozer. Oh God, quicken to life every power within me that I may lay hold of eternal things. Open my eyes that I may see. Give me acute spiritual perception. Enable me to taste thee and know that thou art good in every circumstance. Make heaven more real to me than any earthly thing has ever been. In Jesus' name, amen. Let that be your prayer this morning. Let heaven's realities rain down on you and wash away whatever circumstances may be speaking into your life. Hallelujah. Finally, tonight, in 2024, we're to have a confidence in our surrender. 2024 is the year of rescue. 2024 is the year of the open heaven. And 2024 is the year of humility. We've already heard some, but Pastor Nick has already shared it. It was confirmation. Praise the Lord. 2024 is the year of humility. Verse 9. What sorrow awaits those who argue with their creator? Does a clay pot argue with its maker? Does the clay dispute with the one who shapes it, saying, stop, you're doing it wrong? Does the pot exclaim, how clumsy can you be? How terrible it would be for a newborn baby. Uh, if a newborn baby said to its father, why was I born? Or if it said to its mother, why did you make me this way? This is what the Lord says the Holy One of Israel, your Creator. Do you question what I do for my children? Do you give me orders about the work of my hands? I am the one who made the earth, and I created people to live on it. With my hands I stretched out the heavens. All the stars are at my command. I will raise up Cyrus to fulfill my righteous purpose, and I will guide his actions. He will restore my city and free my captive people. Without seeking a reward, I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. See, folks, they resisted the idea that a foreign king would bring deliverance. They were offended at the idea of the Lord's anointed. Be assured, in 2024, there will be sorrow for those who strive or argue with their creator. Will you let grace do its work this year? Many will fail to recognize, to see, to obtain this grace because they can't let go 
and let God be God. Let me say it to you this way. We are underqualified for the position of God. Let me say it to you another way. The position of God has been filled. It's been filled. It's been filled. Verse 9 and 10. Why, what are you making? Stop, you're doing it wrong. How clumsy you, can you be? Why was I born? Why did you make me this way? Much of our frustration, quote, is the result of not embracing this statement. Not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. There's nothing wrong with questions. God said at the beginning of Isaiah, come, let us reason together. But accusation is different. The Bible says in the book of Job that Job and all things didn't sin by lobbying or, or by accusing God with wrongdoing. Maybe you're frustrated this year. Maybe things haven't gone quite the way you planned. Maybe you had an idea of what you wanted this year to look like, and maybe already you've been met with frustration. I want to encourage you this morning. Well, first I want to say again, the, <laughs> the position of God has been filled. <laughs> So God has to remind the people of his credentials that he's a creator. But there's two things in particular I want to look at as we round out this morning. He tells them that he's a potter and a father. I'm a potter and I'm a father. How many of us in honesty have lobbied it, sent it up to heaven? The accusation, Lord, I don't agree with what you're doing. I have a better way. Folks, there's a plan in the mind of God for your life. And there's a plan in our minds too. Scriptures say many are the plans that a man has in his mind, but it's the purpose of the Lord that prevails. And it's so funny how quick that when they intersect, God's plan for us and our own plan for our own lives, if they intersect in a way that threatens our plan, we erupt with disputation. We erupt with accusation. Folks, in 2024, we need to learn to hold our plans loosely. Loosely. He is the potter and we are the clay. What is he saying to us this morning? I'm using this circumstance to form you. If it hasn't changed yet, the work of formation isn't finished. We resist circumstances that don't line up with what we perceive to be love. We resist what would shape us, mold our character and deepen our walk because it's painful and uncomfortable for us. There's a grace that God sends to us in the form of hardship that prepares us ultimately for an ultimate return from exile, for glory. Don't resist what would shape you this morning. Don't fight what would deepen your character this morning? Don't fight what God would use to bring about godly character, Christ-like character in your life. This year, resign yourself. Who are you? Who am I to assess your own life? It's time to get on board. He has a purpose for you, a set plan. You are his workmanship he has made no mistakes with you and he has something in mind for your life. 
right down to your personage. Stop trying to make sense of your life while you're still on the potter's wheel. Amen. Clay is muddy. Molding clay is muddy. It's messy work. It's done by hand. When mistakes happen, the potter is not deterred. Amen. He simply adds the water and puts the clay back on the wheel. Look at Jeremiah 18:4. Even in the face of mistakes, what did the clay, what did the potter do in the uh, in the sight of Jeremiah? He simply put the clay back on the wheel. And God, in the face of our mistakes, does not abandon his purpose for the clay. Hallelujah. The big reason he began to work on the clay in the first place. The purposes of God will prevail for each and every one of us in this life. This year, he will fulfill his purposes for me. He will not abandon the work of his hands. Hallelujah this morning. So can we settle it? God's way, quote, is better than your way. His plan is bigger than your plan. His dream for your life is more rewarding, more fulfilling, better than you've ever dreamed of. Now stay open. And let God do it his way this morning. God's way is better than your way. It's either your plans and designs for your life or it's mine. Folks, God will enter your plans, but it's up to you where. He'll either be at the beginning to instigate them or he'll have to come in at the end to finish them. But it's our choice this morning. It's our choice. I want to end with this quote here. If you want God's grace, all you need is need hallelujah this morning all you need is need all you need is nothing let go of it all let go of your plans let go let go of your attempts to warrant anything out of this life God has brought a salvation through his anointed one this year receive it this year let it fall down let it rain down on you you can't warrant this you can't earn this but this kind of spiritual humility is hard to muster. We come to God saying, look at all I've done, or maybe look at all I've suffered. It's like you this year. However, God just wants us to look at him. Could we do that this morning? We come in and we're so busy telling God how it should be because of what we've done or what we've suffered. And God would simply say to us this 2024, just look at me. Just look at me. Habakkuk tells us that even when everything fails, even when the calves are empty, even when the stalls are empty, even when there's no fruit on the vine, that our choice, the right response when things aren't going our way is to worship him, praise him. That's our choice this morning. That's our proper response. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to thank him. I'm going to thank him. And I'm going to let go. Will you stand with me this morning? I'm going to let go. Let me say this to you in closing this morning. If this year is marked by faith in the gospel, it will be a year filled with liberty, kingdom joy, peace and rest, and with humble surrender to God. That's what it's going to be for you this year. If it's a year, if this is your best spiritual year, it will be your best year. If 
this is your best, if this is a year of faith for you, it will be a year that God marks with liberty, with freedom, with joy, with peace, with humility. Every year, beloved, is your year when you live by faith. Every year is your year when you trust him. And I want to just encourage you as I hand back to Pastor Nick. If you need grace for this year, humble yourself and let go. All you need is need. All you need is nothing. Come with your nothing and come with your need and put your faith in God's anointed one and watch the bars break. Watch the gates swing open. Watch the heavens open and rain down favor upon you. Watch a rest enter into your life. Watch as a humility grips your heart and a rest comes into your soul as you let God be God. God will be good to you. Thank you this morning. Praise the Lord. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website. It's www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.